Hello, and welcome to the Writing Momentum Podcast. I'm Christopher Maselli. I'm here with my wife, Gina. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm doing great. We are back with Laura Bernhardt today. So we're so excited to have her here. And we're talking about a really relevant topic today. What are we talking about, Chris? We're talking about Amazon categories. But before we get to that, we we should introduce Laura. We should definitely introduce Laura. In case you don't know Laura, she is a Pushcart nominator. There's someone who might not know who I am. (laughs) That's right. As you are also the founder and acquiring editor for Admission Press, and y'all produce a wide variety of books, and you've written The Wantland Files, which is a supernatural suspense novel series, and then, of course, two standalone women's novels, one is which is Red Rain. I know that's your latest. And so yeah. I know whenever you publish a book, you've got to put it in an Amazon category, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. I know there's been changes with the Amazon categories, so I think we should dig into all of that. I do want to point out here that Laura comes to us because she is an author who writes in different categories and in different genres. And so she comes at this not just from a, oh, I've done this once and this is what's worked, but she comes from it from a really thoughtful place. And I actually was in Laura's class at WriterCon a couple of years ago when she was talking about this. And it gave me pause and really helped me understand categories a little bit more. So I'm really excited to have her here with us talking about this. Yeah. Welcome, Laura. I'm I, so happy to be here. Yeah. I think most authors, when they think of Amazon categories, we think of it just in terms of, okay, I need to find a category that's very specific so that I can be number one in that category when my book launches. And that will make me an Amazon best-selling author. And number that's one pretty best-seller. much what categories mm-hmm. are good for. Is, is that why they matter or is there something more to it? I think that it's a little more complex than that, but you're not wrong. I think mm-hmm. that most authors, especially indie published, but not only, definitely want to find categories that are very niche so that they don't have as much competition, so that they can hopefully get that coveted orange flag, so that you can grab those screenshots and say, I'm a number one best-selling author. And it feels good to have that up there. But from a reader standpoint, think about how people are going to discover your book. They'll very likely go to the type of book that they want, and then they're probably going to look and see what's on that first page, that top, and it's It'll say, see the top 100 in this category, it's 25 per page. So being in that first 25 is a real advantage because people searching for that type of book will see yours. Are they going to keep going through the top 100? Maybe, but they're certainly going to look at that first page. So being one through 25 can matter. So categories in general start with BISAC. So when a book is being published, the first thing that you're asked to choose or that the publisher is asked to choose is the bisect categories. And you can pick two, I think even up to three. And I'm going to glance at my notes here because bisect stands for a thing. It's book, industry, standards, and communications. And basically, it's telling you to pick your book genre. Just if you were going into a bookstore, going into a library, you can find the type of book you're interested in by going to the shelf. You want a mystery, you go to the mystery section. Thriller, you go to the thriller section. Romance, you go to the romance section. There are 54 major categories under BISAC, and that includes everything, even like nonfiction. And then under those, you're going to get the more specific genres, but they still say pretty general. 
compare that to Amazon's browse categories, which have something like 16,000 in total. Wow. Yeah. So that 54 number doesn't, I don't think, include all the little smaller subgenres, but that's still a massive difference. So Amazon has really taken it to the next level so that you can really get specific as a shopper, as a reader, what you want to read. Yeah. And people do that. I, I do that myself as a reader, right? I'll Kindle and I'll enjoy the book and I'll start to look through categories. So you do, you just start to swipe through those categories and see what Absolutely. other near the top of that list. And yeah, if you ranked because you were specific enough, that can influence me and in my buying decision, right? Absolutely. As a reader, I do the same thing. I yeah. know that I like women's fiction, but I think there's 20 something categories under women's fiction alone because it is such a this gets a wide variety even within that singular heading i tend to like literary better so i know to go check out what's popular literary and it's the same thing we're all subject to that and accustomed to it we're going to go see what's selling what looks good and that's also what amazon then starts feeding you what they start recommending to you will be based Absolutely. on those categories either which I know when I was in your class a couple of years ago, you were talking about that. You were talking about how one of your books had been miscategorized and some of what your concerns with. Can you talk about that? What happens when a book is in the wrong category? That's a great question. And I had almost forgotten about that example. Yep, it was. A publisher had chosen to put, I, I write women's fiction. That I know that. But they had put it into a thriller category. Which did confuse and confound me because anyone going to search for a thriller would probably take one look at my cover and just be confused by that. And even if they did click on it, once they start reading the description, they're going to realize that's not what they're looking for. So identifying your book is very misleading to readers and can definitely result in frustration, especially if they decide to override that misgiving, go ahead and purchase it. That's where you get a bad review. I bought this book because I thought it was a thriller and it wasn't a thriller at all. So it's critically important that we place it where the right readers will be looking for it. Not just because we want to see success with that coveted number one bestseller flag, but because we want to make sure that the right eyes are looking at it and yeah. will be more inclined to grab it because that's the type of book that they are looking for. Just the same as if you say, okay, people like to buy romance books. Those categories are hot. So I'm going to stick my book in a romance category. But then the reader will just be very aggravated that you've misrepresented your book to them if it's not a romance. So, okay. If there's 16,000 categories, that's so many. How do I, as an author, even narrow down the right three categories out of 16,000? Is there a method of research or is it just, I'm going to go down the list until I find something close enough to what I want? Or do I choose more general? What's, what's the best practices? You could interview 20 people and you probably get 20 different answers. So everyone has method that they use. And honestly, there's software that you purchase that purports to help you with this, help you find those best categories. I like to I like to go find my comps, the books that are most similar to mine, and see where they are. 
Because you're absolutely right. We don't can't be going through 16,000 browse categories on Amazon, but you don't need to. You need to get it pretty close. And I, for me, I've been most successful in looking at the books that are most similar to mine and seeing where they're placed at. And then I'll kind of hop over to the list of categories that's right next to it and see what all is there. And it, it takes some time, I, but it's time well spent because it is important. It, it used to be a lot more of a chore. So you get to pick those two to three bisacks when you are publishing at the get-go. And those would carry through when you then went and uploaded to Amazon. You would already have those chosen, those general categories. And it would just push through and publish that way. And you just had those. It was It's two that you would pick on Amazon. You just had those two. Amazon, though, was allowing up to... 10 browse categories, 10 browse categories for your ebook, 10 browse categories for your print book. They were separate. So you'd have the two from what your first round of publishing it, but you could choose eight more for both the ebook and the print. So a very savvy author would find ways to avoid overlap so that you could have up to 12 categories. Well, Sorry, I did the wrong math. Is... 20, I said the wrong thing, yeah, 20, 20 categories total for that yeah. title. Going for a scattershot approach, trying to see how many different categories you could get into. Again, I still think that it's more important to pick one that is real and really does apply and is more likely to make a sale. We definitely saw people gaming this. The flaws in this is that people were then going over and maybe finding very obscure nonfiction categories that they thought maybe sort of applied to their book if you really stretched credulity. And Amazon wasn't watching this at first. So Amazon <laughs> wasn't watching it at first. Amazon wasn't really policing this at first. You could get away with just about anything, and people did. So someone would stick their book into some weird nonfiction category where they had almost no competition whatsoever because maybe it's textbooks that a handful of people purchased for a class. And so if they got 20, 30, 40 people to go buy this in a day, boom, they hit the top of that bestseller list. And now they get to go say, I'm a number one bestselling author on Amazon. Right. This is an approach that a lot of people were taking. That always made me a little queasy. I don't think that it's telling the full story. But for people who didn't care and weren't bothered by it, that was a great model. Amazon started getting wise to this, and they started trying to curtail this somewhat. I even heard people say, so you would, you, this is a whole other step. After your book was published, you had this list. For a while, you had to call in and get a person and read them off to them. And your rep might tell you, oh, sorry, that's, that doesn't really count. Your book doesn't really fit there. So some people were being instructed not to just place them anywhere and were trying to follow that. Later, you could just send an email. They had a, a place specifically for you to email this. I just can't even imagine the workload that this put right. on their employees. They have taken that away now. They've done away with it. You're going to choose three when you first upload it, and that's it. 
Those are the three. Unless you go back and change it. I'm sure there's a way to change it, but you'll never have more than three. I really think this is a good change in general. What we're going to see is we won't have we won't have Harry Potter dominating 20 different browse categories and hitting the top spot on all of them. Some of the biggest sellers. That's exactly what was happening. And I it's not just independent authors who were following this approach. I saw a book once. The character, I think, traveled through Turkey or went to Turkey. It was a fiction work, but it hit a best-selling category because the publisher and a New York publisher, very well-known, I won't name names, but a New York publisher put it in Turkish travel books as a browse category. It was not a travel book at all. So everybody was doing this. Everybody yeah. was getting in on it. But if you're looking for a Turkish travel book and you go to that, now your number one spot is taken up by a fiction book. And frankly, we had romance books clogging up a lot of the women's fiction categories, like the literary women's fiction categories. Again, as a reader, even, that's a little bit frustrating to me. When I go to look for a new book, and I'm scrolling through the top 25 of what's supposed to be literary fiction books. And I'm seeing hot box series book number five. That's not what I'm looking for there. Not quite the right so, category there. Yeah. The billionaire romance book is not yes, what you're exactly. looking in literary women. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just that's not that's the wrong category for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Laura, so much for coming on. That really, I think that's enlightening. And I think it's going to help our listeners and our viewers to better understand what these are, how to use categories as authors, but also some of the changes that have been coming around. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And now that you are limited to those three, I think it's more important than ever to do your homework to make sure you really make those three count. You yeah, really do yes. want it to, you want to find on Amazon the most specific applicable categories to your book. And if you self-publish Amazon, it might be worth going back and looking at your self-published books and looking at the categories you originally chose and just make sure that those are still the ones you want to be in because you can change those on the fly. They don't mind if you change them. So yeah, it might be good a point. good practice just to go in and look at. We know that your latest book, which is Red Rain, is in the right categories, right? <laughs> It's fiction. Tell everyone a little bit about Red Rain before we sign off. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. This is a book that's about empowerment of women and friendship and overcoming hardships and obstacles and finding joy, even though we struggle with the tough things that life throws at us. So it's a poignant but uplifting book. It's been described as best exotic marigold hotel meets eat, pray, love. And it's, it was an Oklahoma Book Award for Best Fiction finalist. And I recently found out as well that the Oklahoma Center for the Book has nominated that for the Dublin International Literary Award this year. I don't think they've put the press release out yet, but I just received a message a week or two ago that they've submitted that. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. We will put a link there in the show notes so everyone can click directly to it. And I encourage you to, it's got a great cover too, so you have to check it out. Beautiful looking book. Thank you for being with us, Laura. This has been a great time we've had together. I always learn, love learning about stuff like this because I think oh, it yeah. can just help you sell your book, which is what so many of us are interested in after we've gone through all the difficulty of writing it and all the exercise, your creativity in that. And now you actually want people to find it. Hey, this is one of those key points, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with someone who may want to know about Amazon categories, because this has been some really good information. And this is the kind of thing we have when we join together and just learn some things. Because it's not something we do alone, is it, Gina? That's right. Together we have writing momentum. <laughs> Bye-bye.